Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. with Wings Productions, with the support of Whimsical Productions and Collected Sounds Presents, Episode 16 of The Skylark Bell. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our last episode, we learned about how Lucas lost his parents at a very young age, and that there may have been a mysterious Good Samaritan with him at the time of the accident. Magpie also had another distant but uncanny encounter with Farfalla, In today's episode, we continue our adventure with Chapter 16, The Feather Key, where the mystery deepens when a curious object inexplicably shows up, and Scarlet exhibits more bizarre behavior. It's that wonderful time. Grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. Magpie kicks off her rain boots in the entryway, letting the heavy front door of her house close behind her. She puts down the picnic basket to take off her cardigan and hangs it on the coat rack next to the hall closet. She still has a warm feeling inside, knowing Lucas trusts her enough to tell her about his past. Picking up the picnic basket, she makes her way to the kitchen where her mom is putting some dishes away. Phew, the creek was rushing pretty fast today after all the rain we had last week, says Magpie, her cheeks flushed from being outside all day. I don't know how comfortable I am with you playing near rushing water, says her mom in a very serious voice, putting down a stack of plates. Magpie saunters over and puts her arm around her mother's shoulders. Oh, mom, don't be such a worrywart. I'm not playing, I'm exploring, and Lucas is with me. He knows the land around here like the back of his hand. Magpie's mother takes her daughter in her arms and places a gentle kiss on her forehead. Just promise me you're being careful, okay, she says, grabbing the empty picnic basket. How is the picnic I packed for you guys, she inquires, quickly changing the subject. It was great. 
The bumbleberry pie was especially amazing. Thank you so much, answers Magpie, genuinely grateful. Oh, it looks like you left something in here, says her mom, reaching into the bottom of the basket. Did you find this at the creek? Magpie looks puzzled for a moment, then remembers the blackberry that landed on her lap at the library. Oh, you mean the blackberry, she says. Now it's her mother's turn to look confused. Blackberry? No, I I mean this key, she says, holding up a small, shiny, antique silver key shaped like a feather. I, uh, stammers Magpie, confused. I guess maybe Lucas found it at the creek? She grabs the key and tucks it into her pocket, doing her best to smile at her mom before rushing up the stairs. She knows very well Lucas didn't find it at the creek because she was carrying the picnic basket while they were walking, and it was sitting right in front of her the entire time they were in the barn. She shuts her bedroom door carefully and lays on her bed before taking the tiny, mysterious key out of her pocket. Turning it over in her hand, she notes there's no writing on it and nothing to indicate what it might open. Where had it come from? And what happened to the blackberry she had tucked into the picnic basket? Afraid of losing the small trinket, Magpie loops it onto the silver chain her mother gave her for her birthday and slips it back over her head, tucking the key under her shirt. What is going on, she wonders out loud, grabbing the phone to call Lucas. He answers on the sixth ring, just as Magpie is about to hang up. Lucas, do you have a second, she asks. I'm just, uh, it's not a good time. Can, can I call you back, he asks. Magpie can't tell if he sounds distracted or annoyed, and her heart sinks a little. After their conversation earlier today, she thought she could tell him anything. But right now, she's not so sure. Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out, she mumbles, unable to hide the disappointment in her voice. I'm sorry, Magpie. It's just that my grandma... It's complicated, he says, his tone much softer than before. Magpie suddenly feels silly and childish. No worries. I was just wondering if you wanted to head to the library with me tomorrow to take a look at the archives, she says, putting the story of the feather key aside for the moment. They agree to meet by the main road in the morning, and Magpie hangs up the phone. Magpie changes into her pajamas and lays on her bed, running her finger along the chain on which she's looped the feather key. A soft jingle outside her bedroom door makes her sit up. She hears a little scratch, and the door cracks open just wide enough to let Scarlet in. Hello there, she says happily, patting the bed for the cat to come up. I'm so glad you came back. I've missed having you around, she says, running her hand through the cat's soft coat. Scarlet circles around before curling up on Magpie's pillow. Magpie turns out the lights and lays back down, her head next to the cat's warm body. The loud purring in Magpie's ear lulls her to sleep in a matter of minutes and she lets herself slip into deep, peaceful rest.
halfway through the night, Scarlet lifts her head up to look at Magpie, who is sound asleep. Scarlet stands up, stretches, and jumps down before making her way silently across the floor to the other side of the bed. She stands on her hind legs to reach up and nudge Magpie's hand with her nose. Still completely asleep, Magpie sits up, her legs dangling off the side of the bed. She stands and turns to crouch down and pull her sketchbook from under the mattress. Scarlet sits on the floor in front of her, her unwavering gaze fixed directly on Magpie, who sits back on the side of the bed, her unseeing eyes staring straight ahead, and starts feverishly sketching without looking down at the paper notebook on her lap. A few minutes later, Magpie closes the book, slips it back in its hiding place, and lays back in her bed as if nothing happened. Having seemingly completed her task, Scarlet quietly exits through the partially opened bedroom door and disappears down the dark stairway to the main floor. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week as we pursue our adventure and read Chapter 17 of Meadow Lane and the Skylark Bell, where Magpie and Lucas head to the local library archives to learn more about the history of Pocket and, more specifically, Magpie's house and the Carnifex family. Before I go, I'd like to thank Phaeton Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story and Canel Elanion for composing equally fantastic and eerie music for this podcast. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.